Yeah, Let's roll. Customer retention. Uh, no, employee retention. Employee retention, right? Employee or employee? Employee retention. Employee. 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 <laughs> We're going to keep our boss. Employee retention. Employee retention. <laughs> We're going to keep our boss. Okay, you guys ready? Is that camera going to get torched? It looks pretty close to that flame. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the flame wasn't paying attention to me until you I'm, said something. Well, you know, I was just concerned for the well-being. Hey, Derek, smoke follows beauty. It just came towards you. Are you blaming me and my energy for that move for the flame? Shifted right towards me. Are so you guys ready? It did. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. They don't understand. It's it, it's a long-term process about building that culture. They feel challenged. They feel like they're getting the opportunity to grow as an individual. That they have a career path. It's not the customer. Customers are second to your coworkers. So Drew, Gary, I want to welcome you guys to Colorado to my home and. Glad to have you guys here as always. Thanks for having us, brother. Before we get into uh, to be our discussion, I want to talk about employee retention, not employer retention. We can't fire the boss, all right? We're going to talk about keeping our people happy and talk about the culture, compensation, and all the things that you guys are experts in. But before we do that, I want Gary to tell me a little bit about this scotch right here. That is a uh, Balvenie 14 year old scotch, uh, it's a Caribbean cask. Uh, definitely one of the smoother scotches that for single malt. Amen. Um, there's a lot of flavor in that. A lot of flavor. Long not, on the I'm palate. Not, I'm not a scotch drinker, but boy, this is something special. Yeah, very smooth. And um, yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of scotches are going to be peaty. Uh, they're going to be. You're going to taste a lot of oak. You're going to taste a lot of that. Some smoke, maybe. You, you really. This is about as easy going a scotch as you're going to find. So, uh, one of, one of my favorites. Maybe Drew's favorite. Yeah, one of my favorites as well. I mean, and and when you look at the price point, I mean, it's one of those ones that's good good value for the dollar, and uh, finishes crisp. So yeah. I'm not a smoky or peaty or earthy kind of guy either, but this is one of those ones that yeah. if you're if you're looking to get into scotch, obviously as you did Delicious. tonight, <laughs> it's one of those ones that if you're making a transition from from bourbon or rum or or even vodka, you probably would like this. It's matching up with this Padron 1964 well, and the, and, 50th and the anniversary series cigar pretty well. So not only do I want to welcome you guys to my home in Colorado, but I want to thank you for bringing this beautiful scotch. You're very welcome. Thank here, you here. for having us. Cheers. Thank you for hosting. Always a privilege. I was just making a comment um, to my wife a little while ago. There's about four people on the planet I will listen to. And two of them are sitting here, and the other two are my brothers. Other than that, I'm not really <laughs> taking advice from anybody, right? But I appreciate having you guys. You guys are both mentors of mine over the years and uh, my career. We've talked about many times. You gave me my first shot in this industry. You've been a guy I've admired and respected in this industry for, for 15 years that I've known of you. I haven't known you that long. And uh, I want to have a conversation with you guys about keeping employees happy. So just like big picture, and Drew, we'll start with you maybe just like the big picture stuff, and then we'll get down to the, the techniques, the, the things you gotta do, but just in, in general, what would be your comments if I said, you know, what, what are your comments on employee retention? Well, you know, we always just talk about it. When we talk about, you know, leadership, we talk about management, we talk about sales, coaching, training, whatever. 
it, it, it's always culture, right? And, and culture starts with something that we talked about in, in one of our, our first conversations around the, you know, the, the whiskey, if you will. It, it's mindset, right? So it's the mindset of, of ownership, of leadership, and, and how do they look at that employee? And, and I'm not, quite frankly, I mean, we talk about employee retention. Employee is just a word. I, I like, yeah, I like different words like team member, associate, coworker, right? Because we're we're together in this. It should, to me, that that word employee is almost a little bit. There's a hierarchy to yeah. that subservient type thing. Maybe that's just me, but you know, words have no, meaning. No, the, the, the word has kind of a a, yeah. a weird connotation to it. Yeah. So words have meaning. Words have power. Choose wisely. I always say. And so I, I like coworker, team member, associate, something like that. Yeah, you know, we're in this together, and um, and the mindset that we developed back in my company, which I have carried on through the utility that bought my company, through my time at service experts, and, and through my, my, my training and coaching uh, and consultancy business for the last 20 odd years, is employees are your number one asset. Coworkers are your number one asset. It's not customers. You don't need customers if you don't have happy you know, coworkers. You won't have customers if you don't have happy coworkers. So you need to make sure that that, that coworker experience uh, is one that's so, so pristine, so you know, valuable, so awesome to the people that are you know, uh, embodying that position that uh, they know that to, to you as the owner, as the manager, as the leader of that company, that they are your most valued resource. Um, it's not the customer. Customers are second to the coworker. There's a great book, and that's the title of it, The Customer Comes Second, written by some I think it was Sewell, Sewell. He's a big Carl auto Sewell. dealer. Yep, Carl Sewell. Yeah, Carl Sewell. I uh, wrote a book called The Customer Comes Second. Yep. Great book and great philosophy. Gary, I know that um, building culture and building a great team, it's kind of your specialty. We were having a conversation earlier today, uh, and you were talking about that if you have one skill, it's that you attract great talent. You just find a way to find them and, and bring them in, and that's all a part of the culture. I know you've done so much work on this in your career because I've seen so much of your work on building the right culture to, to keep people. So if someone were to say to you, for example, Gary, uh, I just can't find good people. You know, what, 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 what's the quick fix to getting great people? What would you say? Well, there isn't a quick fix. Right. <laughs> that's a simple answer. That was a softball. What's next? That was a softball. <laughs> yeah, that's a softball. So, and it's a softball that I could hit. Um, yeah, I think the trick is that you know you want to define what your culture is so a lot of companies they struggle with that idea uh, so I but I mean that's a leadership problem that needs to be solved um, so you can you can build a great team but the team needs to know uh, what's expected of them they need to know um, how the behaviors in the company are gonna uh, be accepted what's not going to be accepted um, certainly compensation performance rewards and things like that are what we often think are what drive teams, but that's not, that's not it at all. Um, it's about being a part of something and a bigger picture. So, the, you know, start with the why. Uh, so we like to start with the vision, um, the purpose of the company, why we're doing what we're doing. There's a bigger reason why we do heating, air conditioning, why we do web design and, you know, uh, digital management. Um, so the, the team wants to rally around that idea and then the core values get broken down uh, into the behaviors. And we talk about that a lot. And so one of the things I think that a lot of contractors would benefit from is what we call 360 degree leadership review. So every employee gets to review me and their direct supervisor 
uh, anonymously as part of our quarterly review process. So not only do I review you if you're a technician, but the technician gets to review me as a business owner, as a leader, and we talk about those types of things about how we're doing. So Richard Branson, I think, is probably a guy who you know started Virgin Atlantic, and I mean, obviously he's an adventurer now, but um, he's also a guy like Sewell who said, it's all about the employee. You gotta, you gotta get the employee in a great position, put them in a position where they can function well, they're not only happy and fulfilled, but they can do the work and they're resource right, and they'll do the right things for the customers. And so um, that's a lot of work, but it, it's, it's definitely how you build a company that is sustainable past me. So if I'm not there and I'm not doing the work, um, what happens? And so the question is, that's where culture then takes over. What are the, what's the team going to do when you, the business owner, you know, aren't there riding herd on that particular idea? And so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the foundation for how we start and run all of our businesses, period. I got to tell you, Drew and I did a 360 degree evaluation on you today. Yeah, how'd that go? We were in love at 15 degrees. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting you say that because that's, as I was listening to what he said, right, culture is a mirror of the leader, right? Mm. And, and, and so, you know, he said he's been very successful at, at recruiting and retaining people. Why? Because what you said at the very beginning, because of the person that he is, right? He talked about Richard Branson. You know, Richard Branson gets the people and is successful as, as, as he is because of who he is. Right? How he sees himself first. So when, when, someone, when someone makes that comment that you said, I can't find good people, I say, look in the mirror. Right. You know, first off, do you believe that you're a good person? Do you have a good heart? Do you have character, integrity in everything that you do? And, and start there. Make them take a hard look at themselves first before they start looking out to the, you know, to the universe for people. Because right? if you don't have good people on your team, again, that's a mirror reflection of who you are. Right. You attracted that, right? Exactly. You know, so when I hear people talk about, and you guys get the same question I do, how do you find good people? They don't understand. It's, it, it's a long-term process about building that culture. I've heard both of you guys at various points in your speaking and, and teachings and different things say that people are not just coin-operated. And Drew, why don't you go first and, and, and kind of tell me what that means to you. And then Gary, I'm curious what that means to you as well, that people are not just coin-operated. Because I'd never, I, I gotta be honest with you, I kind of went through my career up until I really got to know you guys, that you just pay them well and give them a chance to make a bunch of money. But you guys have, I've learned from you guys, it's so much broader than, so much bigger than that. So Drew, what's, what's your impression that people are not coin-operated? Well, today more than ever, uh, you know, if people want to categorize people as far as generations, you know, the millennials, if you, if you want to put them into one pool, uh, and I don't like to do that with people, but if you were to say, say that about a generation, this generation more than ever would actually rather volunteer, give away their time for free, than put in extra time for an employer in many cases. Because, I think you said a little bit earlier, uh, actually, no, Gary said it, they want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. Right. I, I think as human beings, you know, uh, and, and we talked about this many, many times in our conversations, people are stroke deprived. Right? We, we don't get enough attaboys. Hey, hey, good job. Way to go. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, we, we, don't do it, you know, we don't do it for our significant others. We don't do it with our children. And, and certainly as employers, it's just not done enough. People want to know that the work that they do matters. What's the impact that it has? How, how does what they do impact the overall business uh, and the customer experience? And, and if I know what I do matters and that you appreciate it, I will actually work harder for you 
probably for less money. This is, this is a message probably a lot of owners don't want to hear because it puts the onus, the responsibility on them, right? It's easy to Absolutely. write a paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to write a paycheck. So, it's hard so, to give a compliment. Exactly, exactly. By the way, we should never belittle people. We should be big them. That's my philosophy. Ooh. One more time for the bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> don't belittle people, be big them. Be big All right. yeah. Gary, people are not uh, coin operated. Talk to me about that. I know it's a big part of your philosophy. It is. I mean, I think you want to you want to pay your people well and you want to incent reward them and certainly catch them doing things right we talk about 90 percent honey 10 percent vinegar so every once in a while you have to course correct somebody and so forth uh, there's employee action plans and that type of stuff in our world too but um, what what really when we're talking about not being coin operated is they need to have a purpose um, they need to understand what's expected of them um, we talk a lot about then the training the tools and the resources that go along with being able to put position people in a position to do their jobs well uh, and then what we do is we got to give them feedback so one of the little tactical things that we do is we do one-on-ones so every two weeks with a manager if you're working as a manager in my company you and I are going to do a one-on-one -on -one. for one hour you and I are just going to talk about you what's going on with you Wally how's your employee development going how's your career going what's challenging you in your world what can I do to knock down those barriers so that's just an example of connecting with an employee and a team member and just putting them in a position to have a voice. And of course, then what you do with that matters, right? So, you know, reacting to that well. Um, I also think, you know, um, not being coin operated is building a culture where people have uh, employee development. Um, most of the surveys that you see out there professionally these days will say, well, why do people leave? You know, do they leave for money? Uh, are they leaving because, you know, the, the boss yelled at them? And so the, the top factors for why people are interested in being around a company is they're in a great culture, um, they feel challenged, they feel like they're getting the opportunity to grow as an individual, they have employee development opportunities, learning, education, and that's not money, I mean that's getting better at the work, uh, that they have a career path, that's the next box that gets checked. And down the list is, is money. Now, if you're underpaying your people, that's going to be a problem. But if you're paying them properly, you know, a good solid wage, um, they're going to worry about the other stuff as well. And so that's really the structure that you want is you want to be able to set up a business model that um, you're challenging your people to grow, you're giving them the opportunities to grow, and then you train them to grow, and uh, you're coaching them, and you give them the opportunity for feedback. And that, that's not a money thing. Right. I mean, no, so. People now, quit. But I, I kind of sense that you're both saying, though, that, the compensation's important, it's just not the only thing. It is, it's way down the list. It's, it's the reason people lie to you when they leave. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you I'm leaving because I got a better job over here and it paid me more money. But in reality, people do not leave jobs, they leave leaders. I've and heard you so, say that before, that's powerful. People, we got a motorcycle flying by the neighborhood. <laughs> people quit people, not companies. That's so poignant. And customers don't leave companies on price. So I gotta tell you something, I've, I've learned so much from you guys. I remember one time, there goes the motorcycle, uh, three or four years ago, we were all down in Scottsdale at one of the very first meetings when we were uh, putting the EGI faculty together. And Gary got up and talked for about 60 minutes on key metrics for running a service department and things that contractors should know. And I remember sitting there, and you might remember this, when you got finished speaking, I'm like, how the hell did I make any money in this business? Because I didn't know a fraction of what you were talking about. Right, and so I've learned so much from you guys, and I've tried that apply that uh, to apply that in my consulting and working with contractors. And I just had an experience, 
I want to give a shout out to uh, the general manager at Bell Brothers, a guy named Kurt Ward, one of the finest, decent, most awesome leaders I've ever met in my life. And I was out there a few weeks ago and they, they had this new initiative. And what they wanted was they wanted service technicians on demand calls and maintenance calls to take pictures of the ductwork, attic insulation, the equipment on every call and put it into successware. And the initial reaction is we're going to, by golly, they're going to do this. They're going to do this. And I was thinking about the stuff that I learned from you guys, that a little more carrot, a little less stick. Yeah. And I said, how about if, uh, because this particular company, they will have the dispatchers then uh, categorize those pictures and those calls and send them to the rehash department, and the rehash department will set the leads. But what happens if the, if the tech didn't do the turnover, they wouldn't get paid, right? If the rehash department set the lead, the tech wouldn't get paid. I said, what if, if the rehash department sets the lead and the comfort consultant sells it, we give the, the tech a, a spiff if they put the pictures in there. Let's use a little carrot. And lo and behold, that's what we did. And I learned that from listening to you guys, that it's not just all about, by golly, this is the way you're gonna do it. You gotta find ways to incentivize people, and I agree with you completely, it's not just about the money. There are other factors to consider. So, good stuff. You guys have been great teachers to me, and frankly, I feel like all of our EGI members are pretty lucky to be learning from guys like you. Yeah, the, the work that you're describing is, it, that's you're, a hard, that's a hard piece of work. You're supposed to say, yeah, they learned a lot from you too, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Wally, you wrote three books. They've learned a lot I love you. you. I love you right now. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> New York Times bestseller, I might eye. add. I'm not sure if that was the smoke or the or, or your comment that brought the tear to it his eye. It was the scotch. It was the, <laughs> yeah, it was the Balvini. Yeah. The, the what you described at Bell is uh, it, it took longer, it took more patience, it took more steps, it probably took more involvement, more conversation, getting more people involved. Yep. And you know, at the end, the, the, the result is better. Yep. And I think that's one of the lessons that we can learn about employee retention. Is yep. that they're, they probably know what the answer is if we get them involved and we talk to them, we ask them, and we, and we get that buy-in. Um, they're more likely to behaviorally follow the process that we're talking about instead of, you know, sort of forcing the issue. So um, this is, this is going to be an interesting test. So I, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Well, here we go. Put your put your hand up for me, if you don't mind. Just and well, move it. Drew and I have learned to raise our hand when we want to speak. Move it, move it towards me. So if I go like this, what are you doing? I'm pushing. You're naturally pressing back on me. So I'm pushing on you, giving you the idea. I want you to do this, and you naturally gave me resistance, as opposed to you and I having a conversation like this where we say, well, maybe we can do it a different way. What do you think? And so if you push an idea on people, they will absolutely press back. Whether they're going to tell you up front and push back or whether they're going to subvert the process behind the scenes, it's human nature that that's going to happen. So by the way, if you hug me, I'm hugging you back too. Uh, well, I'll hug you later. <laughs> but it is, it's physics, right? After the brisket. It is. For every action, there's the equal and opposite reaction, right? So the laws of physics apply to life. They apply to human relationships. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and so... Uh, so let's get a little bit more specific because I mean we all have examples of, of, of companies where uh, and we can tell these stories right where, where there's a, a leader right a charismatic leader that just has an aura that just attracts people and retains those people and and what is it about those those leaders if you will manager you can call managers directors whatever owners um, 
you know, that, that basically has that magnetic attraction. So, so I have a, you know, I have a EGI member, client of mine, and uh, the general manager of the company now, he was previously the sales manager, and now the current sales manager of that company, they have created such a culture that wasn't there when we started to work with them eight years ago, but they've created such a culture that we get people coming to us, knocking on the door from, co you know, from uh, competitors right. that want to come and work for this, this yep. company. Um, knowing that they will probably end up taking a pay cut to start, but they want to become part of this culture. They want to become right. part of this leadership. The opportunity is huge. Yeah, because, and, and we've never had anybody leave. We've had people we've had to let go, but we've never, never had anybody quit. Yeah. Right? I've got a, 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 a friend of mine who shall remain nameless that both of you know, recently sold his company in California. And when he did, he made several of the key people in the organization millionaires with him. And it is a reflection of his character, his personality, who he is as a person. And that's, that's the culture and the, the, I guess, sharing in the wealth type of mentality that made, made their company so great. We just had an employee hire uh, this week that came from GE. Mm. GE is a pretty good company. Yeah. And, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, getting what he needed at GE, he felt like he wasn't getting career direction. In fact, he felt unease about the career direction. He felt like what they were telling him and what they were behaving were two different things, and so he was very nervous about that. So we uh, we brought him in and we let him uh, spend a day with our team before the hire, just as part of the culture process. Is he a good fit? Is he going to like working there? And so the, before he walked out the door, he said, this is, this is where I want to be. There's energy, there's excitement. People here love what they do. Mm. They're excited about taking care of customers. I want to come to work for you guys. He took a pay cut to come to work. He's wow. taking less money to come to work. So it's not about the money, it's about fulfillment. Now, again, if you're not paying well, in other words, the money has to be good enough, right. which it was, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, how do I compete with GE? That's General Electric. We're right. talking about you know, a probably 50, if not maybe $75 billion company. They have way more resources than we have. But the local people who were running that GE area were not taking care of that employee. They weren't feeding uh, his interest in his employee development, his career path, and the culture. So he wasn't satisfied. And so uh, he's a young guy. Uh, he is a millennial. And so, you know, when you start thinking about, well, what do people want? They, they want to be part of a unit and they want to be part of something special. And so that's the secret is to be able to build that. And you, and you think about the culture that Jack Welch built at that company. And he's been gone now, what, 20 years? Yeah. And that culture- Long enough that it's changed. It's changed <laughs> yeah. to where it's just not the same right. because that charismatic, inspirational leader that he was. that company is a fraction of what it was. Right. I just had a conversation two or three weeks ago. I got a phone call out of the blue from the dean of the School of Business at Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And they've been using the power of consistency for about three years now in their curriculum. And she and I were talking about the mindset and how some of these, I always talk about how the depression, you know, affected the mindset of wealth and prosperity for many of us, because we're all one or two generations removed from somebody who lived through it. And she said, not only that, but the millennials, their first kind of awareness of the economy was 08 and 09 recession. 08, for sure. And how it's affected them because they saw their dad losing his job and the neighbor going, uh, into foreclosure, and it's really affected millennials' belief that they can really create wealth and opportunity, and so we gotta be like aware of that, and you are, clearly in your companies, 
that you have to paint that picture like, hey, man, we can we can do this. We can have that opportunity because a lot of these millennials don't believe it can happen for them. Yeah. So let's get a little specific, um, maybe in just a rapid fire bullet point idea. Right. I mean, come on. It, it, really, it's just good pay. It's a good Christmas party. And at the end of the year bonus, right? That that's that's employee retention right there, right? <laughs> that's all not you gotta exactly. do. Not that's exactly. all you gotta do, right? Yeah. No, we know that's exactly. not true. So throw out, let's let's just throw out some ideas. What Listen, could you I, do? I would tell you the, the single most important thing that we can do is to show respect. I mentioned to you Kurt Ward, the general manager at uh, Bell Brothers. He is such a strong leader of men. I have seen him talk to people that had made big mistakes and that but he always talks to them in respect. Right and with, with with kindness and 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 sincerity, I think that's a huge thing. Just that that respect that we show to people, and yeah, there's tons of specific things that we'll do in terms of compensation rewards, slaps in the back, out of boys, that kind of thing. You said catch them doing something right earlier, but I think the number one thing is respect. And I'm going to tell you something. I was doing a podcast a couple of weeks ago with this guy, and he goes like, "What was the number one lesson you learned in the penitentiary system?" I learned the value of respect. Because if you disrespected somebody in the penitentiary, the consequences were immediate. These days, you can get away with it. You can be disrespectful, but nobody wants to say anything about it. One of the things I learned is that you had better respect people because the second you don't, you might get your jaw you know, broken. And so that was one of the most important lessons I've learned. You just gotta, you just gotta deal with people in a fair, equitable, respectful way. Yeah. Makes them wanna hang around. Gary, what do you think? Uh, walk the walk of your value structure. So respect is a part of that, but uh, the whole core values platform, um, you, have to, you have to behave uh, in a manner that's consistent with what you've said you want them to actually uh, behave as well. So I think you know, having core values and having those behaviors defined and then actually leading and coaching and, and delivering based on the performance, I have to be that person too. And so when I have that capability to do that, it allows me to talk to people about core values and about you know how that relates to a customer experience, how that relates to an employee to employee conversation, uh, how teams interface, uh, you know where we're going with the business plan, those types of things. So yeah, I think that's part of it. And by the way, uh, I would just add that on the EGA platform, you have extensive training on leadership and building culture. Yes. Like detailed, detailed, comprehensive programs on exactly how to do that. And video content. So, I mean, you, you hear the language, you hear the conversations. Uh, it's not just, you know, forms, processes, and procedures step-by-step, step per, you know, uh, per se. It's, it's actually the conversation that you're going to have with that coworker. And it was interesting hearing the two of you actually uh, respond to, you know, to my inquiry there because I'm going to say the exact same thing. It's not a tactic or a technique per se, right? It's, it's like, do you really, do you really care? Right? At the end of the day, you are hiring, employing a human being. And what I have found more often than not, when there's a lack of performance, it's not because of the process or procedure, they didn't get that. It's usually how they felt, how someone communicated to them. Maybe it's something that's going on at home. One of the first things you know, I ask is, you know, I inquire about the human first. Before I said, right. what's going on with your sales process? You know, right. why are your sales numbers down? You know, what's the, what's up with the closing ratio? What's up with the average ticket? What's up with you know the revenue per lead? I don't look at that. We actually had a, a gentleman, and I'll talk about one that my my coworker uh, and colleague Russ, you know, uh, coached just a couple of weeks ago, and it was interesting because I saw the guy starting to slide a couple months ago, and he had stopped reaching out, 
And when it came down to, Russ had a conversation with him about a month and a half ago. I saw it sliding about two months ago. A month and a half ago, Russ, Russ had a conversation with him in a coaching ride-along. And this guy turned it around. His last two months have just been spectacular and stellar. He called me uh, last, you know, last month after I had my heart issue. And he just wanted to, he'd been on vacation when he got the news. And he called me when he came back from uh, the Bahamas. He had a 91% closing ratio. Now, mm. to me, that's extremely high. Right? It's almost too high because your price right. might be too low. But this right. is a company that we've been working with for, for quite some time, and we know their numbers are good. Uh, and I, I said to him, I said, Will, what's, what's been the biggest difference? He said, the conversation I had with Russ uh, a couple months ago, he, he rode me hard about what am I doing? How am I showing up? And I said, what did that mean to you? And he said, I just had to take a hard look at what I was doing and why I was doing it and who I was doing it for. Not, not necessarily, he wasn't talking about the company. Right. He was talking about his wife. He doesn't have any, they don't have any kids, right. but he was talking about his wife. And I said, dude, you weren't having any effing fun. He goes, you're damn right I wasn't. And, and so he said, Russ helped me find the fun. And when I found the fun, he says the numbers you know, became what they needed to be. Yep. You know, so in essence, it's not about business, right? At the end of the day, employee retention there's no business strategy per se. It's right here, yeah. right? Why have we stayed part of the organization that we're now part of, right? It's because of this. So Drew, since you're the only one that still has a light on them, <laughs> why don't you say something profound and, and take us out of this conversation, wrap it up for us. Well, like I say, I think at the end of the day, sometimes the most profound thing is the easiest thing. You know, human beings are human beings, they're not human doings. And we always, we're always looking at the things that they're doing. Are they doing the right thing? Are they doing the wrong thing? Are they getting the right result? At the end of the day, they're just being. Focus on the being. Focus on who you being to those beings. When you show up and you're the right being to the beings that are in your life, significant others, kids, coworkers, you'll get the right relationships. You'll get the right results, the right outcomes. They'll be what, they'll, they'll be what they need to be because we are beings first. We're not humans doing. We're human beings. On that note, and I like these human beings right here. Well, so. this is uh, this is three really good ones. Two and a half, two and a half experts. You guys and me. Cheers, guys. Glad to have you here in Colorado. And uh, great conversation. Yeah. Thanks, sure. guys. Bye -bye. about the lights, gentlemen. No, that's okay. Hey, it's the, it's the reality. Shit happens. You want some extension cords? I do have some. Or do you guys want to eat? You guys eat. Should we eat? I gotta cut the brisket at some point. Good. All right, let's go do that do real quick. Quit going around. Let's get to it. Cut the brisket. Cut the brisket. I gotta cut the brisket.